Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's American Horror Story After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- Two five six seventeen twenty nine, and now another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's American Horror Story After Show. Uh, I was waiting for music. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for music too. All right, well, that's okay. <laughs> there it is. Get pro, sorry. Good evening, After Buzz. I want to be like Lear. this. <laughs> Banging your head. Please do. Please do. I would love nothing more than that. Um, good evening, After Buzzers. We are here at the After Buzz TV studios doing things the way things always should be done with Bing. I am your host for the evening, David Skifalitti. I am back. I love you. I've missed you. And just be happy I'm back. <laughs> and joining me tonight is Stephen Lemieux. I am Stephen Lemieux. And David is back. And I'm back. He is back. I promised I'd come back. I know that I was gone for two weeks um, due to scheduling conflicts. And now our amazing hosts, JC and Jackie, will not be joining us this evening. JC should be back next week, though. Let's Born keep our fingers crossed. After Buzz TV show <laughs> podcast. All right. All right. Let's jump in. We're doing American Horror Story Season 2, Episode 4, I Am Anne Frank. You are? Uh-huh. You didn't know that? No, I totally thought your name That's why I always wear long sleeves. <laughs> I cover my... Uh, my Holocaust tattoos. Oh, man, you got some ink on you. Yeah. But, no, th- what did you think of this episode, like, right off the bat? What did you think of, like, the whole... For me, it was... I, I love that he took a, a a reference from real life and put it into his world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always enjoy that to try and to see a different side of a story that might not have been told, something that people may not have ever thought of. Because... Anne Frank, as a person, as we all know, her story died in the Holocaust when she was 15 years old. And had she survived, when this story takes place, she would be 34, which is mind-boggling to me. And it just... I, I, I loved it. I loved it. I, I really enjoyed it. So the, it. the nice twist, like kind of an M. Night Shyamalan-era twist Yeah. Of, hey, she's still alive... Oh, wait a second, what? But everyone, of course, would think she's crazy because... Because everyone know- knows that Anne Frank is dead. Yeah. See, it was, it was kind of an interesting uh, interesting twist because she... 
Because at the first, you don't know if she's crazy or if she really is, like, telling the truth. And you still right. don't. Honestly, you still don't. Because there is, uh, there's some points where she could have been another... She might not be Anne Frank. She might be another Holocaust survivor from the same time right, who exactly. recognizes Arden. And that's, that's the kind of thing where I'm seeing if they're actually going to go with that. Because I don't see... Well, this is a two-parter. Yeah, it this is. This story. And we'll get the end of it next week um, with the new episode. But... but comparatively to last week, what did you think of this episode? Uh, it, as a whole, I missed Sister Eunice. Really? I did. <laughs> She had such a big role last week. I love her so hard. She does get some good. Um, she's so great and creepy, <laughs> and like, I want to know like what's wrong with her and like why she's being <laughs> so insane and like sexually charged all of a sudden. It's just like, it's great. Well, I mean, of course she's possessed at the moment. And... I mean, is she? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's possessed. But um, she, she every time she's on camera, like every, you're always watching her because there could be any like the scene with Kit. You're always watching her. You don't care about Kit in that moment. No, you don't. She's, she's she's very commanding. She's captivating when she's on yeah. camera. She's very captivating. And um, I don't know what she's trying to do because last week I kind of compared to her, her to a, a Loki of sorts. Okay, like a, a uh, mischievous character throughout right. the throughout the asylum. And like a puck, yeah, from Midsummer. Yeah, like a puck. I will give you that one. <laughs> what? What that is? T- All right, a perfect <laughs> simile. Yes, I'll give you. An, I'll give you a clap for that. Thank you. But, Thank you. <laughs> but no, like last week, she was all about doing very evil stuff. She basically she killed a woman. Yeah. Very, very blatantly killed a woman. Yeah. And then this week, it's she awesome. seems like you kind of get on her side a bit because she helps out. She helps out Kit. Not so much helps him out, but, like, she... To a certain extent, I think, and I think that it has... It's more for her own... Enjoyment. Yes, than it is for anything else. Yeah. Uh, But that was really all we saw of her this week. What did you think of the episode as a whole? I liked it. I I think the next episode is going to be a lot better. I liked last episode a lot more than this one. Okay. But I feel... Well, because... Every time you have like a lot of stuff happening at once, mm-hmm. and you have the you have a lot of things that come together in the end. That's what I liked about last episode. Like we had right. them get out of the movie theater and then they come back to the movie theater, but at the same time you have that story arc with uh, Shelley, mm-hmm. who gets taken off on a different tangent, and that kind of opens up a new door for that. And we have a whole storyline going into that, which I mean, it kind of last episode set up a lot, but it also concluded a lot. This episode kind of just set up everything and didn't really close the door or anything at all. Well, I mean, that's sort of... In fact, it kind of took the door, blew it off its hinges, and kind of left it open for yes, the next episode. Yes, of course. <laughs> but that is the beauty of a show like this, that we need... We can't open sto- start stories and finish them all within one episode. Otherwise, it sort of becomes like this, the villain of the week. Yeah, that's true. Show, and we sort of have to develop our our characters throughout the season. So, Anne Frank. Yes. How long do you think she's going to be? Do you think she's going to last? I think, no, no, no. Next week is her last episode. Really? Uh, yes. I think the, the actress was only contracted for two episodes. Ooh. Well, insider so, info right yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't think after next week she'll be around. Um, but I do enjoy this storyline and her 
sort of demonizing of Dr. Arden Mm -hmm. and sort of bringing that to light. Well, she's just, it's, I like how they did it because you can tell she wrote the book. At the same time, it's like, it's at the same time you don't want to believe her. did she write the book? I know, at the same time you don't want to believe her, but... When she, the certain things she does, like when Sister Jude's talking to her in the cell and she just starts whistling the song. I think it's the, is it a, I think it's a Nazi anthem that she starts whistling. She's just, she knows where she is. She knows who she is in her mind. Right. And she's not going to let anyone tell her different. And she's in an insane asylum. So it's like, it's not going to fly. She's in an insane asylum for starting a fight in a bar. I know. That seems a little bit much. I think it's more like. She got sent there for saying she was Anne Frank after starting the fight in the I bar. I think what happened was okay, she started the fight in the bar, and they arrested her, and she wouldn't tell them who she was. And so then she got dropped off at the insane asylum, because they're like, well, clearly this chick's crazy. Well, I mean, she kind of, like, stabbed them with broken bottles. She didn't exactly start a fight. As she... you do in a bar fight. Okay, we all know how Dave, <laughs> Dave fights. <laughs> fight bars. dirty in a bar. Come on, you're drunk. But yeah, and I mean, people are throwing around anti-Semitic slurs. So, so Anne Frank kind of <laughs> tries to confide. She confides in Sister Jude. She she tells Sister Jude all about her story, and yeah. she shows her, pulls up her arm, has the tattoo, right? And um, Sister Jude kind of doesn't believe her. Like she really doesn't believe her, but it, you can see the doubt that's being put in her mind because she already hates Arden. She really dislikes. Well, that yeah, movie. of course. So rightfully she, so. So when she uh, when she doesn't doubt her, and then or when she kind of is doubting what Anne Frank's saying, but at the same time doubting whether Arden is or isn't whatever the hell he is, uh, then we have the detectives that come in, right? Who sort of blow the door open, as you said before. And what did what, uh, what say? Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I don't know what I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But um, to continue with Anne Frank, we have to go into Jude a little bit here. And it's, it's hard to, to... I know, it's hard to... Try not to. Okay, so Sister Jude yeah. finds out about what the detectives are there for. Right. And it kind of assures her beliefs in what Anne Frank has said. Right. Okay, so here is where I started to really get invested in this season because Mm -hmm. for a while now I've been faltering and being like, I don't know about this. (laughs) Um, Just to be, I don't know. I got a bad feeling about this. (laughs) Just to be perfectly honest, um, as a fan, I wasn't as invested as I was early on with last season, but I feel like this episode sort of cemented everything for me and it is allowing me to sort of see where they're going to take Mm -hmm. the rest of the season and allowing this somewhat villainous character like Sister Jude, which we might as well just jump into now as it is, um, who we originally thought could be one of our villains, mm-hmm. um, may not be and might end up being our hero. Yeah, I mean, she's, yeah, you're right, because she definitely, she's more likable in this episode. Much definitely. more likable. And as we saw from last week um, into this week, we're starting to see more of a human side to her. And see, like, where she came from and all it why took, she's a... Uh, all it took was a bottle of wine to get us to like Sister Jude. I mean, hey, you throw a bottle of wine into anything and I'll like you. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> get me drunk and I'm, chances are I'm going to love you all right. in the next ten minutes. Dating tips for David Skiffley. <laughs> Just get me drunk. But, uh, yeah, so so she does. She is a little bit more likable. She has her. She has lots of 
Uh, she has lots of good points in the episode. She does, and she goes to her to her mother superior and is talking to her and is has a very real. Well, first she goes to the Monsignor. Human conversation, of course, yes. She, she goes to the Monsignor um, because she her doubts were affirmed by the detectives being in the asylum. Right. And the the Monsignor kind of blows her off. He's And that actor is really good at playing, blowing people off. He's great. Yeah, he's, he's, really he's only actor. had like five scenes in the entire series he's so far. He's fantastic, though. He, I, let's find out his name. Yeah, I have a picture somewhere. People behind the curtain. What's the character name? Monsignor. <laughs> Monsignor. Monsignor, okay. Monsignor. On it. Man but, uh, in cloth robes. But so she, she, uh, it's uh, Joseph Phineas. Phineas. Uh, Joseph Fiennes. Yeah, Joseph Fiennes is Monsignor brother. Timothy Howard. Okay. And he, he kind of blows her off and basically tells her that he, he gave her the job. He made her where she is there, and he threatens to take that away from her if she continues this because he says it's the alcohol. He says it's that, like, she's falling off the deep end to a bit because she doesn't like Arden so much. Right. And that's kind of like, I don't like it when people do that. It kind of pisses me off when people blow you off saying it's because you're... She, he, he used the same tactic on Sister Mary Jude that Threadson was using on Kit. Right. He was like... Well, maybe maybe you just believe this because of your deep hatred, because you kind of don't remember. It's like the alien was a hallucination because you've been drinking so much. Well, to in his defense, n- not knowing what we know already about him before af- before she before Sister Jude leaves the room after he makes the phone call to Arden, mm-hmm. um, as a man of the cloth, seeing one of your sisters who is working with you closely it's hard to make that judgment call as to is it because you've fallen off the bandwagon and you started drinking again um and knowing people with a a history of alcohol related problems in their lives if it's something that you do fall off the bandwagon it sometimes can be reasoning as to why you're acting a certain way or thinking certain things of certain people and you start to get a little paranoid and like you know it it's hard but i mean even before the phone call you kind of knew right. something no, was no, up right no no of course i mean knowing the character he's not a very likable man as it is well i mean he's just not surprised right when she gives him the news he's not surprised well because just, uh, clearly as we found out he knows yeah he knows and this is going to this is going to create an interesting uh, interesting boundary here cuz sister jude has her fantasy with the Monsignor. Right. So what's she going to do if she finds out that he's with Arden? Well, she's a woman. She's allowed to fantasize about more than one man. Oh, hey. <laughs> Aren't we all? Alrighty, then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, she's human. Yeah, she She is. can fantasize about whomever she wants to fantasize about, whether it be a bad man or not a bad man. Not a bad man. Yeah, but then she goes, you're right, she talks to the Mother Superior, has yeah. a very, very human conversation. Very, and, and with a lot of concerns as to what she should be doing and how she should be handling the situation, and it's just sort of, it made her a lot more likable. Yeah, did you, did you write down the response that Mother Superior gave to her? Um, you know, I... She says, I might um, have. She's... Oh, what? I can't remember the quote itself, but she basically tells her that mm. if you believe something no, is don't. like that, 
God gives you tests. Right. God gives you tests and you fail that one. But then he, then she says, well, God loves to see you triumph. Right. So she's kind of giving Sister Jude the strength. She's like, you need to go after this. You need to pursue this. If you think this is wrong, if you think this person is who you think it is, you need to go after Arden. Right. And that's kind of what I got out of the conversation. I don't know what other people got out of the conversation because there is a lot of metaphor. and There is. And it, and it sort of reminds me of proof. Um did you ever see Proof? It was a movie. It's also a play. Um, it deals sort of with these, with similar issues about a, a nun going over the head of the Monsignor of the school mm. to find something out. Uh, it's not, especially at this time before Vatican II, it's not something that's looked upon highly, very highly. And it's sort of not in her place to be saying anything. Well, yeah. In regards to, like, the hierarchy of the church. Um, So I I can see why she's struggling with her decision with what to do, and I I sort of feel like her mother superior, who also isn't really in the place to be saying anything, um, should maybe help her out a little bit more. Yeah, like... Then just give her some (laughs) great advice. Put you in contact with somebody who can help you. It's like, well, why don't you just contact them for me? That way it's you who's doing it and not me. Exactly. But let's... uh, Do you want to go ahead and move on to a little bit of... I do, but first, I want to know what our fans think. So if you're out there listening to us right now, make sure... um, That if you can, call in 424-256-1729. Yeah. And... If you haven't already, do us the favor here of subscribing to our humble little show on iTunes. Tell your friends, tell your family members, tell your coworkers how awesome we are, how much you love us. Rate, comment, and be friendly. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, you know what? Don't be friendly. Be as mean as you can. I'm going to challenge you no, guys to you, be really, really evil. No, they've no, 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 no. <laughs> you, no, no. You need to uh, send us a bottle of wine for David. That's what you need oh to do. Oh my God, please! <laughs> I don't drink red, only white, because I don't like drinking warm booze. I'm going to put that out there. A bottle of white wine would be great, or a case. Okay. You know, Bevmo is having their five cent wine sale right now. Five cent wine sale. Okay, anyway, <laughs> I don't want to go into that, but uh, let's go back to the beginning just a little bit, backtrack just a bit, because we've been kind of... <laughs> want to get to? We've been, we've been going a little all over the place We have been going all over the place, but it's sort of like how this show works. It just doesn't, it's not very linear. Yeah, with, especially this episode. Last, yeah. yeah, this episode's been all over the place. Not too many characters coincide as much. Um, no. So we have... Threadson it has a very or all, Dr. Oliver has a very like he has a substantial role in this episode. He does, and I'm sort of obsessed with his character and and seeing that he believes in Kit and he believes in Lana. He might believe in Lana a little bit more than he does Kit. But I thought it was really interesting that he sat them both down and spoke to them and he told Kit that he wants to help him. Just like he told Lana, I want to help you. You don't belong in here. Yeah. The difference being that he told Lana that he can for sure get her out. And Kit, he said, I can for sure make sure that you don't die. Don't die. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this. It's like two sides of the same It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's great what they've, what they've done with, with Lana 
especially in sort of showing us the 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 60s version of how they thought they could quote unquote cure being a homosexual with this aversion conversion therapy Mm -hmm. Um, and that scene with her in in the in the room sitting in the room with the doctor and he's like showing her nudie photos yeah which are are very tame to today's standards threw in one of threw in one of her lover her lover yeah um and just watching her like throw up because of it and then he brings in this other man who I was a little confused as to whether or not that was a patient I don't or just some like know. a random like janitor that he was like, hey, I'm gonna bring this janitor in, this young janitor, and you're gonna grab his wiener and you're gonna masturbate. <laughs> you're gonna grab his. And it was kind of <laughs> it was kind of awkward. That's how it went in my head. <laughs> but it was, I was, the whole time I was thinking, it's like this is a woman who is she's on the up and up. Like she is a professional woman in her career. She's on the up and up, yeah. Well, I mean, now she's not not so much on the up and up, being in the asylum, but an insane asylum on the up and up. Yeah, telling stories and and breaking news and man. listening to speakeasies yeah. and getting drinks and prohibition, smoking cigarettes and drinking brandy, flappers, baby. But um. no, so she's she's doing this. Uh, it's just awkward because this is a woman who is in a professional career. She's used to being very, you know, up. She's on the up and up. And well, yeah, she's a respectable conservative lady. Yeah, and now she's throwing up in a can, looking at pornography to their mm-hmm, standards. Mm-hmm. And then when she they bring the guy in, and he and she he tells her to touch him yeah. while she's touching herself. That was a graphic scene, by the way. It was very graphic. Very graphic. And <laughs> but how would you like watching it? I have to say that I guffawed when he said, "Grab him." <laughs> Was, Grab his member. I don't know if it was like an uncomfortable laugh or more of like a. It, was, it definitely was not that. It was definitely like a fall, like a. Ah! <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Okay. Um, but I don't know if it was like more of a guffaw of like being uncomfortable with the whole situation, or more of like a guffaw in the fact that like I was like, wow, this is awesome. They but t- definitely tell me, went there. It, if. If you were a woman yeah. in a very awkward situation, touching yourself, grabbing some random dude's member, yeah. would you really want a well, doctor like Zachary Kinto just staring at you the whole time? Good, Lana. That's I mean, good. It's really uncomfortable, it, I, I would say. I was uncomfortable during that whole scene. I was like... I loved it. I was like living it. Oh. I was like, yeah, give it to me. But but so we finally... I, I, so, <laughs> I was... Let me have my moment of glory. You just wanted to be Lana in that moment, didn't you? No, I, th- I just thought it was so interesting to watch them and to be and to to like transport myself into that time, thinking that they thought that forcing someone this aversion conversion therapy would actually work. Well, what I thought was that Threadson wasn't really trying to cure her; he was just trying to give her the give her the weeks or two weeks of bullshit. Pardon my French therapy. To, to help her get out? Yeah, to get her out. Now, I think he did have, have other intentions for her. Because I sort of feel like the way that he looks at her... Yeah, especially... He's in love with her. I wouldn't say in love. I, I think am. he lusts... This, this show is definitely not anything it's not about, about love. love. It's not necessarily about love. Although Kit and Grace sort of border love and lust and all those wonderful things. Definitely lust there. Grace, by the way, totally gorgeous. It was... That was a it was an amazing scene with that. Are you into killer chicks? Meaning murderous ladies? I mean, 
I guess so. Ladies who kill people. So. Is that your thing? Hey, she just killed her family. It's all right. That's, that's cool. Yeah, that's what Just her father and her stepmother. To, no biggie. I mean, I don't have to deal with in-laws. I mean, right? It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You call me Grace. It's cool. I got you. But, yeah, they... Threadson, so yeah, Threadson does that whole the whole deal with her, and kind of you're right. He does seem like he has an infatuation with uh, yeah. with Lana, and he pro- he makes the promise. I promise. And he no, he gives her the picture. He gives her the picture, and then tells her she'll be out in a week. Yeah, it's like he how, doesn't know how, but he's gonna but do. He's it. gonna get her out. And then he gives the same kind of beginning of the deal to Kit. Right. But then he says, "Well, I I can't if if I say that you're sane." Then you'll most definitely get the electric chair. Right. But if I say that you're insane, I'd be lying because I don't think that you're insane at all. Right. So he kind of wants, he, he thinks, even after last episode when he told Lana, I don't think that Kit killed those people, he completely flip-flopped this episode. He's like, I think that it's your guilty conscience covering it up, and you don't know what you did. And it goes into this very detailed reenactment of what happened to Kit and how he killed his wife, and that right. was... That was rough. It was rough. I mean, and I also think that it's it's very interesting that I'm not sure if this is the first time we've heard this, but because I can't remember, but there were two murders before his wife. Yeah. So either he did do them and he's completely insane and doesn't remember, or he is justified in what he's thinking. I mean, we've seen that little th- creepy thing like crawl out of his neck and been taken apart and put back together and like who knows what that actually is if it is sort of an alien oh and there was a manifestation there, or there was a remark that i else. that i caught watching the episode um when dr arden's talking to kit mm-hmm. he says how did it get back inside you there was no reincision mark right so like they didn't when really, did it go they didn't show that at all they didn't show it at all but apparently for people who didn't catch that i think that the spider chip got back inside of kit and then at the end of the other episode, you see him slice open Kit's neck. Right. I think he pulled out another one. Uh, <laughs> and then he x-rays all of Kit. So I'm interested to see what comes from that. I mean, it's so confusing, but I love it. So Kit and uh, Kit and Grace this episode seem to be developing. They start out developing somewhat of a... A more, relationship. It seems more intimate than any other episode. Because, of course, they're friends and they're all like, oh, we want to escape together. And now they're not... A, now they've seen the monsters. They're not so much inclined to escape. Oh my God, when you said monster, I thought of something else completely. <laughs> I'm, I have a very dirty mind today. I don't Did know you just what. have like Macaulay Culkin like pop into your head for a second? No, not at all. When you said monster, the the scene, um, although that's very clever, um, <laughs> the scene where they were having sex like flashed into my mind. You mean? Just continue. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Kit He's and been Grace. a very good boy. Oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Those of you weird. on the podcast, we're naked here at Afterbus. No, I'm just Completely kidding. Completely nude. Yeah. Okay. So so they're kind of they're a lot more intimate than they than they were in previous episodes, and now yeah. they kind of they get stuck on double duty. Sister Jude puts them on double duty. Right. After this punishment, because he's. He's he couldn't even sit down for a week or something like that. They made yeah, a joke yeah. about that. And uh, while they're doing the dishes, she tells him, she tells him the truth, quote unquote truth. Right. She tells him a story, and then we later find out that that isn't the true story. But it is the true story. It is. But she's telling it through her sister's eyes. Right. Yes. All right. I'll give it. All right. Then. 
So that's, that's, that's clever. What, that's what the interesting thing was. That yeah. She's basically adapted her sister's story to be her own. Okay, now here's my question for you. She tells us the story. We later find out that... She tells us the story, and then we later find out that she is a victim of rape by the hands of her father. Don't believe it. You don't believe it. Don't believe it. Interesting. I was actually... I wasn't even going to ask you that, if you believed that or not. No, the reason... But I think it's interesting that you just say that you don't believe her at all. I straight up don't believe it because... um, for the one sole fact that usually people who are abused as children mm-hmm. are kind of, to a point, disgusted by the thought of sex. Right. She seems to be way too seductive and way too wanting of it for it to be oh. something like that. And that's just, that's just like, my, my opinion. I really don't think... I don't think we've gotten the full story out of Grace yet. All right. And I think she's killed more people than just her parents. Oh. Predictions. Look at you. I know. Oh, my God. So fancy. But she... I didn't... That didn't even cross my mind. Really? Not at all. I was going to... I was basically going to say that I think that, in a way, the murdering of her father and stepmother is somewhat justified. Well, that... It is an... It's an ends to a means. Okay, but the... There's two problems with that, that I'm going to break this... Let's break this apart now. Break it down. I wish we had, like, a... I don't know, whatever. Me too. And uh, so we're going to break the scene down. She has the scene where she goes in, and there was a really clever way of her escaping in this. I really like that. And that's a small detail we probably got to remember too, is she walks in on her uh, dad with the axe, or no, Red with the axe and her dad. Mm-hmm. Red, who is, of course, a random character that we probably will never see again. Nope. Um, and she sees him, screams, runs away, runs downstairs, and she runs and grabs the front door, opens it, closes it, and then goes into the closet on the right. Right. And that's like a very clever technique to get him to be running outside to chase after her. Right. But that wasn't in the second story. No, it was not. So how, should we, how would she have known about that tactic? So I kind of think that she hmm. is living it through her sister, yet at the same time there's some truth to her story as well, maybe combining the two stories. But then she ends up in the closet where her mom is, of course... Stepmother. Her, yeah, her stepmother is in. She's in pieces over the over the death of her husband. Yes. Oh, uh, that was a really oh, bad that joke. That was a good joke. I got an even better joke for you right here. Completely off topic. Two peanuts walking are walking down the street, and one of them was a salted peanut. But don't. It's almost as good as your joke. Well, Dave, have you ever heard the one about the desert? <coughs> Tell me later. Well, I guess I guess not, because you, you just don't like dry humor. <laughs> anyway. So so the other the other fallacy, I said there were two things. There was that one where uh of course she didn't know that detail, and there's the second thing. If the stepfather was abusing her, mm-hmm. then dollars to donuts, I love that saying by the way, dollars to donuts. He was abusing her sister. Oh. So her sister... And so she's, she's acting out on her sister's behalf. Either that or... She's jealous? Her, or that's... An, no, I'm not saying that. I'm oh. saying it's more that her sister was not abused, therefore she was not abused, because her sister would not have screamed when she saw her killing her dad. I, I mean, she, she might have or not, you definitely could scream if you see your sibling wielding an axe into okay, your father's true, back. true, but at the same time, like, I don't think she would have testified against her to get sent to the asylum or something like that. Because it was right. technically yeah, a self-defense in a way. If you kill someone trying to rape you, it's 
self-defense. The mom, not so much. I mean, the stepmom, she was, yeah, she was kind of killed justified. in cold blood. Completely justified. Completely justified? Completely justified. All right, murder is justified in the eyes of David Skiffle. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, that's, that's why that's I just... That's not true. That's I why. don't justify murdering anybody ever, okay? Then why isn't JC Let's or Jackie here? Let's that, because I killed them. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, no, so those are the reasons that I don't believe that Grace is being completely honest with us. I think Grace is a character that's going to be around probably till the end of this season. Uh-huh. She's one of the most provocative, most interesting characters. Just like, like I, I said this about... Like I said this about Dexter, there's a character in that, and I was mm-hmm. just like, they can't get rid of that character because it's too interesting still. And that's what I feel with Grace right now. It's, well, she's also, too interesting. I mean, we're sort of developing this sort of strange love story between, whether you want to call it love or lust, between Kit and Grace, whether or not he still has feelings for her or not, at this point, after finding out the truth about her, um, in quotes... It's sort of like the romance of the story, which we do need. Well, yeah, we you twisted do... or not, we need some sort of love in the air. How about Jude and Arden? Love is in the air. Love is in the air. Okay, yeah, but uh, yeah. So we have that. That's the whole thing that goes on with Kit, and there, there was that great scene with Kit and uh, Eunice where she has she picks the first thing she does when watching the room picks up the barbed wire whacking stick. So good. And she's like, I picked out the stick for you, Jude. And Jude says something like, uh, I like how, how uh, forward you're being now. Like, Jude, like, it's, it's, such a, it's such a metaphorical irony where Eunice was the pure one, and now that she's possessed, Jude likes her more. It's great. <laughs> Catholic Church. So good. So twisted. Love it. Um, but uh, we're- Any other thoughts on the episode before we jump into news and gossip? Well, we still have to get into a little bit more of the episode, man. No, we don't. What about Shelly, man? What about Shelly? What about the climax of the episode? Uh, well, you know, I think... Um, okay, so... Spit it out. So, okay, so Quickly. finally... <laughs> really, Dave? Yes. <laughs> Come on! If, if you can hear our engineers in the back laughing his brains out right now. Um... <laughs> So later we see we see Arden throw um, Anne Frank into the operating room where he operated on Kit. It's basically his his little studio of it's his like Doctor Frankenstein's chamber. lair. Yeah. So uh, he throws her down the ground and he's going to show her what happens in there. And then she pulls out a gun and she throws a little spark of doubt into his, into his mind where he's like uh, where he's like where did you get that? And she says. Not everyone is as trusting as Sister Jude or something like says something about how you're not I'm not the only one who distrusts you. Yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. then it shows a quick flashback to show that she just stole it from the guard. She stole it from I think his name's Mike or Mark or something. And uh then she shoots him in the leg. Yeah. She shoots him in the leg. He used to be yeah. a doctor before he took a gunshot to the leg. He used to be a doctor. <laughs> and haven't you ever watched Grey's Anatomy? They've all been shot on that show once or twice. <laughs> But then she uh, she's going to go ahead and do the finishing blow, and she hears screaming. And she opens the door behind her, and it is Shelly. It is Chloe Sevigny in her most glorious moment, looking more beautiful than I've ever seen her look. Like a crocodile. Like a crocodile with no legs. So hot. Sexy. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, clearly. <laughs> I won't lay you down by the fire. Okay, yeah. So good. Um, I mean, he's. Dr. Arden is like creating these monsters. Yeah. We still don't know how. Well, I kind of. Uh, this is one of my predictions that came true, and I was happy about that. Okay. I, I said at the end of last episode, I said, Dr. Arden is a Nazi for a fact. Hitler, um, Hitler always had a team of scientists who were investigating the supernatural. Right. That is like a big legend, myth. That is fact. a total Avengers myth. But okay, go ahead. No, it's like it's it's something that's well well spread throughout stories and everything. Okay. But okay. Uh, there was a whole game Wolfenstein based on. It. Anyway, so he was one of the uh, SS doctors who were investigating like eternal life and stuff right. and things like that. So Doctor Arden's goal is eternal life. Right, and that's I'm going out and saying that right now. Doctor Arden's goal is eternal life. After what he's well, done, well, he did say it in the show. Yeah, he said, he said, he said, after I'm done with you, you'll live forever. You could, you could quite possibly live forever. So he's he's a very interesting character, and I'm glad that they're going this route with him because we have, we have, and then we have the Monsignor who's also SS, and that's an interesting mm-hmm. thing that we're going to go on. And I still don't know what they did to the girls in the Holocaust. Uh, they're probably you know perfecting what they were doing here which is what he's still trying to do is to perfect his formula the formula the formula yeah this it's it's hard to it's hard to do a whole after show on this episode just because it's so much setup and it is a lot of setup uh but next episode good stuff next episode we'll be joined again with our amazing jc rubio and yes and possibly a new host um, who some of you may know the lovely sarah huggins may be joining us as well oh all right um, but we can delve deep into we'll the episode. See. Yeah. Um, but all in all, I think it was a good, a great setup episode. Great setup episode. And Which it, you rarely see a good setup episode. Usually you're like, Meh. all right, I guess you had to like put that stuff out there so that we can get to the good stuff later. But this was still very captivating for me. Still better than the first episode. Hated the first. Still hated the first. I watched it again. I hated the first. But I liked the second, <laughs> I liked the third, and I liked this one. Okay. So I'm looking forward to episode five, which is going to be on good. next right. Wednesday. And you can catch the after show for it at 7 p.m. Pacific time next Thursday. Uh-huh. So uh-huh, let's... Uh-huh. Do, uh-huh. do you, do you want to... I, I would like to jump into news and gossip. Do you want to jump in before we run out of time? TV news. American Horror Story Asylum's Frank Apotente talks, play, talks about playing Anne Frank and guest starring on TV's craziest show. Of all the insane things we've seen so far in American Horror Story Asylum, Aliens, Bloody Face, Surgically Mutilated, Chloe Sevigny, Frank, Frank Apotente's character ranks right up there with the craziest. She's checked into the asylum as a mysterious new inmate claiming to be Anne Frank. Here are some of the highlights on playing the unusual role of Anne Frank. She said, she said, quote, Anne Frank in the diary is known worldwide, probably one of the most famous books ever. Like every other high school student, I read it in school. I visited the Anne Frank house. She was Dutch, but she spent a very few years living in Germany. I knew things, but I looked at the diary again to refresh my memory a little bit. It's one of the landmarks of history. But I love the idea of what if. What if she was still around? She would be my age. What would that be like to indulge in that for a little bit? There are a lot of women at the time who I guess did that. On her real-life experience in an asylum, Potente said, quote, Many years ago for a German film I did with Tom Twiker, 
I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but whatever. It's called The Princess and the Warrior. I actually worked in an insane asylum for two weeks. I have many vivid memories of that very awkward time, but on the other hand, this is set in the 60s, so it's very different. The experiments they conduct at the time, conducted at the time with the patients were very new, but I've spent quite some time that that was very intense in an institution like that. It's always nice to have a fresh take on it. This is at the end of the day... This is, at the end of the day, a person. Nobody who's insane runs around thinking, oh my god, I'm insane. You have to play against that and be as normal as possible. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I'm insane. I'm insane. <laughs> you too? There's so much in common. <laughs> and then on the unique appeal of American Horror Story, she said, quote, if you commit yourself to watching something like this, you want to be creeped out. This is not a cooking show or a book club. People like the show because it's this weird, ambivalent feeling of I'm watching these sick things. There's sick stuff on, there is sick stuff on this show. But people are intrigued, and I think they feel bad at the same time. Like, I can't believe I'm watching this. You know the scene with Lana masturbating and puking? Yeah, I do. People went crazy about that online. It's this weird feeling of, I can't believe I just watched this, but you just have to. You can't look away. It's the great attraction of it. There are not very many cable TV shows that will show a woman touching herself on it. Agreed, and I feel like there should be more. Yeah. And and they don't use the line grab should, his member very much either. No, and I enjoy that. <laughs> and that should be said often and many times as well. Hey David. Can we make grab that, his member? We should make that a bumper here at Afterburns TV. Grab his member. <laughs> grab his member. Work on that. Zachary Kinto's soundboard for Grab oh, His Member. Please, it would be genius. And then American Horror Story Asylum, Dylan McDermott tweets from set. Dylan McDermott is on his way back to American Horror Story, and if his tweets are any indication he's going to freak people out. The actor took to Twitter to express his experience. Excitement about making his debut on Asylum. Here's what he had to say. On the, on the set of American Horror Story, I promise you will be thoroughly effing satisfied. Totally wiped out from working on American Horror Story, giving blood on this one. Today is my first day back on American Horror Story. Fasten your seatbelts and get your air sickness bags ready. It's time to party. <laughs> it's only fitting that the season one alum took to Twitter to announce his excitement for being back on the set of the show since his return was announced via Twitter by the man himself, Ryan Murphy, only a few weeks ago. We agreed no saying of his name this episode, and you failed. I will say his name till the day that I die. No, you, you can won't. just deal with it. All right. <laughs> um, and another thing that I do want to put out there, I um, have you guys been doing this, giving our our fans recommendations of other films to watch to continue the week? I have not been doing that. Okay, we have been missing you, Dave. I know. I gotta. I gotta get things back in order. Okay, so for this episode, I tried to find something. Um, a, f- a movie that you could watch if you haven't seen it already because it did just come out in theaters that sort of involved similar themes with with it being um, Jewish related, mm-hmm. um, which was The Possession. Okay. Which just came out, which stars Kira Sedgwick and Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Mattis Yahoo, which is incredible if anybody... Mattis Yahoo. Mattis Yahoo is in I it. I love it's in, his music. It, he's fun in, in the movie, but it is a Possession film. And as possession films go, it, for me, I don't find them very frightening. Um, but they, it, it, this one does sort of keep you on the edge of your seats. I did see it in the theaters myself. But it is about a young girl who buys an antique box at a yard sale. 
and unaware that inside this collectible lives a malicious ancient spirit. Oh man, how original. How original. It's uh, supposedly based on a true story, as all these possession films are. Um, yeah. And, you know, it was. it's a clever little movie. I'd rather just go watch Zoolander again. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but, if you haven't seen the movie, um, you can check to see if it's in any weird local theaters by you. If not, you can wait till January 15th, 2013, when it comes out on DVD. All right, I got one, one piece of news there. and gossip I want to go through real quick. Give it. Um, just so people aren't really wondering, uh, the the show, of course, you said it's going to be Sarah Huggins, Sarah Huggins, uh, Dave Scifaliti, uh, me, myself, Stephen Lemieux, and JC Rubio. We've had a little bit of a scheduling problem, so uh, Jackie's going to no longer be able to be with us. Yes, unfortunately. But we, you we should definitely check her. out any other shows that she does because she's a very talented host, and she I is. actually really enjoyed working with her because she always had. She always had her crap straight with the news and gossip, with yeah. everything that's going on with the show. I mean... She's great. She, I know she it. does uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Funny, um, funny show. So check that out. It's so fun. She's fun to watch, fun to work with. Um, so predictions. predictions. Yeah. Give it. David, you put and the now, dick in predictions. You're after Buzz TV. Thanks. Predictions. <laughs> 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 what? I can't. Can't. Um, okay, so it looks like. Oh, and we didn't see Bloody Face this episode. No, we did not. We did not. Which I thought was very interesting, um, but not interesting enough to touch on. I think this is going to be my prediction. So our head shrinker, who's trying to get out Lana is going to somehow, he's going to, in the next episode we saw in the preview that he's going to, he says to her that we're getting out this Friday. Um, he is going to end up in the asylum with her. That is Aww, my you prediction. you took mine. Damn Did it. I? Yeah. Oh, It's like for sure. Okay, let me do happening. like a, a brain dance here to that, come up with something new. Okay. That and I think... Sister Jude may be leaving her role as Sister Jude and going back into regular life. Like, she's no longer going to be a nun. Don't believe it. Nope. I have a feeling. I have this weird feeling that she's going to be... I, I, for sure she's getting kicked out of the asylum. Nope. I, she nope, is. you know what's going to happen? Okay, you, you know what's going to happen? Me. All right, tell me. so let me, let me throw this... You tell me, what do you think? I'm going to throw this hot fire right at you, and you better catch it, and I hope you're wearing oven mitts, all right? All right. So, all right. I think, uh, I think Monsignor and Arden are going to set Sister, Sister Jude up to be the one who gets sent to the asylum. Oh. She's going to be the one in the asylum because they don't want to use two locations when she goes to real life. So, so yeah, she doesn't, she's not going to go to real life. They don't want to use another location, have to go through all that filming crap. That's true. Um, I didn't think about that. I think that, uh, I think we'll see Threadson become, if, if we're not going to go with Threadson going to the asylum, because mm-hmm. I want to use a different prediction. Okay. I think we will be seeing the end of Sister Mary Eunice and the beginning of exorcism or exorpossession Threadson. Oh yeah, and then he okay. We're gonna have the uh, we're gonna have the doctor who does not believe in exorcisms become the one possessed because they love those little uh, uh, contradictions there. 
Yeah. If you're watching right now, uh, Dave is like this. (laughs) Okay. Um, It it sort of brings to mind the movie The Exorcist when the priest gets takes in the spirit. What what movie is that? That small film, The Exorcist, starring Linda Blair. Yeah, I don't know. It's a great. Looks like they're kicking us off the air. That's fine. So we've wasted 46 minutes. If you're, I'm just totally I'm just going to talk over this music. I don't care. I'll just talk forever until they turn off my microphone. Keep talking louder and louder here at After Buzz <laughs> TV. But yeah, we we would. there's a lot to go over next episode, I'm sure. This there episode, we be. just had to set up a lot of things. And it was hard to choose topics, especially tonight. It was. I mean, there was a lot that happened. I'm sure we missed a whole bunch of stuff. Um, if we did, you can tweet us. You can tweet me at you can call me Skiff. Do you have a Twitter? Yeah, I'm a Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, one word, and it's pretty simple. Except nobody gets my name spelled right. So we'll spell it for them: S T E P H E N L E M I E U X. Okay, there you go. Oh wow, I spelled it right. That's the first. There you go. I know I can't spell my name. I can't spell his name at all. No. But yeah, hit us up on Twitter and remind us of anything that we may have forgotten. Or maybe if you have a prediction that you'd like us to talk about on the air, we're more than happy to do that as well. Or call us. Or call us here at 424-256-1729. We're always here waiting for your phone calls, but no one ever calls in, but it's fine. Um, But from everyone here at the AfterBuzz TV studios, myself and Steven, thank you for tuning in. And don't forget to tune in next week. We will see you then. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other aftershows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.